apps can do a lot of cool things. You could order dinner, gamble on your favorite team, and track your health. You could even get a mortgage. One click and you can be approved. I'm not sure by who or what country they're in. You deserve more from the mortgage industry. At AnyMac Home Mortgage, we believe in the need for live human interaction during a very complex process. The kind of service and guidance which an app simply can't provide. Our customers are more than credit scores and income documents. They're individuals and families who live in and strengthen our communities. Their story is our story, and that story begins in a home. Chris Sawyer is an expert on providing superior customer service and in meeting the mortgage needs of current and future home buyers. With over 18 years of experience in the industry, Chris is able to help customers migrate through the home buying and home financing process by using his wealth of knowledge as a well-qualified mortgage professional. And best of all, Chris is located in Cromwell, Connecticut, where he has helped hundreds of clients in Connecticut, Massachusetts, and Rhode Island make their dreams of home ownership a reality. Visit chrissawyer.annie-mac.com. Email him at csawyer at annie-mac.com or give him a call. 860-878-8730. Chris Sawyer, NMLS number 39345. Corporate NMLS number 338923. Any Mac Home Mortgage is equal housing lender. American Neighborhood Mortgage Acceptance Company, LLC. DBA, Any Mac Home Mortgage. Lo-Fi Direct. Connecticut First Mortgage Correspondent. License Lender Broker Number, ML 338923. Massachusetts Mortgage Lender and Mortgage Broker License Number, MC 338923. Rhode Island License Lender. License Number 2011280L. Call for additional details. Throwing jabs, always full send. Here we go again. Jared, Joe, and Jay's Clover Crest, top three corner men, punching in with a punch's chance. We find a way to win. The main event, lock it in. Every Saturday at 10, the overhand is out of hand. When it comes to fist of cuffs, slide a hand on the undercard. You'll never see the punch. Uppercut, got you missing weight. Feet are stepping late. Keep your guard up, feeling faint from a faint. Take a stand and aid, then retaliate. Put up your duke, stick and move. Bob and wave. Don't lose hope against the ropes. There's always an escape. Never stay down. One more round, bells ringing, counter punch with your chin tucked and go down swinging we bring in crosses with no worship hooks with no verses combinations with no locks when you feel the flurry of curtains from scrub scraps to fight stats relax if you want the facts because the best combat podcast is throwing jabs welcome to the throwing jabs podcast i'm jeff aguire along with jared jealous part of the cmg sports network jared we got a great bunch of fights we got to talk about going forward but before we do that we're going to go backwards uh, to last weekend where Nate Diaz, man, I, I saw this coming a mile away when this thing got reshuffled. A very winnable fight against Tony Ferguson, uh, who he beat in the fourth round via submission. And if this was his farewell fight, he went out in style. Well, and it should be. It should be because he went out in style. We don't need to see what would happen with him and Shemaev, I don't think. Um, we'll talk about that fight in a minute, too, because uh, that was crazy. But, you know, listen, here's my thing about Nate Diaz. I like this guy a lot. My brother hates him. My brother thinks Nate Diaz is everything that's wrong with the sport. Oh, yeah, it's funny because uh, this, as I've said before on the show, this is a guy that my I told my wife I like the Diaz brothers, and she went, it's total, that's the opposite of all the other guys you like. And so, and, and over the decade, I've been forced to think about that a little bit. And it's because he's real, I think. It's because every other time you see that, Conor McGregor's putting on a show. Robbie Lawler was putting on a show. 
Um, a lot of these guys are out there playing the tough guy. Kevin Holland, that's not you. I hope you're not Clearly. like that at the <laughs> dinner table with your family. Like, come on, man. I, I sure hope not. Nate Diaz, I believe that he brushes his teeth like that. Yeah. You know, just me. Yeah. Just, <laughs> Funny, I actually saw a video um, somebody took on Twitter. Um, people were at a, it was like a Burger King or something. And these two dudes start shoving each other and everybody looked up. They were just playing around. They were like wrestling in, in like a Burger King or a Taco Bell. Uh, yeah, I think that is. That's just, that's the way they are. That's the way they behave. Uh, Tony was especially upset, Jared, because uh, Nate was like blowing pot smoke or something. And when they were weighing in, I think something like that, he was saying. Um, although, I I, you I could do that now. About that. Yeah. <laughs> anyway listen great fight by nate diaz tony ferguson meanwhile he might want to follow nate off into the sunset it clearly and, and i i mean made the call going and you agree with me tony ferguson is a finished fighter and i don't think there's anybody in that division right now in the top 20 that he could beat oh yeah as shot as they come yeah, he it's needs to be on the Mike Tyson, Roy Jones undercard for the next for the. Oh, boy, where this guy was like three years ago to now, uh, uh, unbelievable. You know, uh, again, you're talking a few years ago. Uh, you know, talking uh, about fighting Khabib, and a few fights fell through, and here we are, a few years later, he's in no man's land. Ah, uh, what was the start of this? Wow, I'd like to go back and see some throwing jab podcast clips of the start of this demise because if my memory serves me correctly, I said he was fighting one of the most dynamic fighters in the UFC to which you both gasped you and Jace. And that he was never going to be the same after that fight. Wasn't that the Charles Oliveira fight? Didn't that start this mess of just uh, no? Well, Gagey was before the Gagey fight. The Gagey fight is definitely what started it because that was a oh, disgusting beating. Now I thought because it's Tony Ferguson, El Kakui, tough guy. I thought he's gonna kind of be fine. Yeah, yeah, he got obliterated by Oliveira and everybody yeah. since. Ha <laughs> ha. Yeah. Meanwhile. Let's talk about the fight that, to me, actually mattered last weekend. Kazma Chemaev was on Kevin Holland like white on rice. Um, he came quick. He submitted Holland fast. You know, you just sort of alluded to Kevin Holland's personality and and. My concern here when they started mixing and matching all these guys was, could you have found a worse opponent for Kevin Holland than maybe the best wrestler in the sport? This guy is an animal. Holland didn't belong there. Diaz didn't belong there. This guy's an animal. And I don't understand why we're signing fights like that for this guy. <clears throat> those, are, those, are, those are jokes to me. Those are the, the only thing that's a bigger joke than this guy fighting Holland and Diaz and signing these fights that don't make any sense is missing weight. If you can fight in this weight class, yeah, 
do it if you can't like si sign the fights for for a bigger way i don't i don't understand being at this level and missing weight because i don't know what you are now i don't know who you are i don't know where to rank you i don't know where you go what you can't miss weight you have to be the same size as the other guys that are that are that size it's part of the program that was Make uh, weight. that was disastrous. shame i have missed weight <laughs> yeah disastrous i think uh the way ufc 279 was handled dana white says it'll never happen again and i i think that's probably in large part due to nate diaz going bye-bye so We'll see what happens. But great fights, great fight card. I, I really enjoyed uh, last weekend a lot. Uh, we will be previewing uh, this weekend's fights, and there's not only a UFC fight night, but a pretty big trilogy. We'll get to that in a minute. But first, Jared, some headlines. Some confirmed fights finally happening. Fights we wanted to see, including Kaylee Taylor, uh, Katie Taylor, Headlining Wembley Arena on October 9th, uh, 29th, a, a place where she's needed to fight. It, it, and, and as she hits the twilight of her career here, this is going to be um, an insane. We've seen what fighting has been like in England recently. They're really embracing it, especially with the queen dying. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> Something happened to Clarissa Shields, but as she's <laughs> the ignorance reigns over there. Um, yeah, sad, sad, and and I wish that the uh, Savannah Marshall and Shields fight had went on without a hitch. But uh, I understand them paying respects, and this is this is going to be a good way to top back off. That that said, Katie Taylor's kind of taken a taking a gimme here she's undefeated but there's losing right the last girl she fought two wins no losses two draws then 10 and 8 2 and 3 7 8 and 4 7 and 1 7 and 0 8 and 20 7 and 8 they're like half of the people you fought in your last eight fights have losing records uh, this is very much designed for katie taylor to beat the bejesus out of somebody in front of a sold out wembley well, and that's fair because when you talk about mileage on a fighter, that last fight with Serrano. Oh, good lord. Ooh, that was a banger. Yeah, you can this girl's undefeated and tough. So you can you can have that. <laughs> you can have that, Katie. You earned it. Yeah, that Serrano fight was serious. And more great news for the big boy British boxing. Anthony Joshua's accepted terms for a fight with Tyson Fury on December 3rd. Those terms are probably that he's going to get his face beat in again. This seems, this doesn't seem right to me at all that Anthony Joshua should be fighting Tyson Fury. He certainly hasn't earned it. Uh, uh, my brother sent me something earlier. I think the WBA or the WBC who had not had Anthony Joshua ranked at all has put him into the number six slot so that they can justify making this ridiculous fight. Just, just cause. Yeah. Just cause. No, it, it, oh, goodness. This is bad. This is like me and Joel, you know, stronger, more durable. 
uh, he can't bang with me and win, and he's not going to outbox me and outpoint me and win. It's like, what's the path to victory for Anthony Joshua here? Right. What do you? If you're in his corner. What are you telling him to do? Stay behind the jab. Uh, abandon the jab and move to E. Corner this guy and oh god, no! They're all bad ideas. They're all. You there's know, no path to victory for Anthony Joshua. Funny, I said to I was saying to Tony, you know, we all love Alexander Usyk. We also are big Tyson Fury fans. It's going to be an interesting matchup whenever that happens. And the question was, can Alexander Usyk, who's undersized, and Tony talks about uh, uh, Evander Holyfield and 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 guys like that. And and sure, look, it's possible. But what we didn't see from Joshua against Usyk was the ability to use his body and his size to bully that guy. Tyson Fury is going to give Anthony Joshua a lesson in boxing, and he's going to show him how you use your weight. But at the same time, another loss virtually ends Anthony Joshua's career here. It's a tough lesson to learn. Now, I had said with the Usyk fight that if he trades with him, he loses. That Yusuf can win that fight, trading punches, just go in and see who the tougher guy is. And he also can't outbox Yusuf. So I didn't really see a path to victory there. Now, if you're if you're not going to outbox Yusuf, uh, not that he's not a better boxer than Fury, but you're not going to outbox. You, you can't like there's no, ah, there's no path to victory. I can't wait to see when the lines come out because they ought to be about 12 to 1. This should be something ridiculous for Tyson Fury because I don't see I don't see a way to win. This guy took Wilder. Wilder's a heavier hitter, right? He got up from that. There's nobody that can hit this guy hard enough to put him out. And Joshua, I, I, oh, man, this is an, this is an accident waiting to happen. Yeah, this is, I, this is not a good fight for Anthony Joshua. It's not a good fight for the sport. It's great if you're in in uh, the United Kingdom. This is uh, this is going to be a great fight for that. But if you live in the United States, you are going to get a great fight. Errol Spence Jr. and Ooh. Terrence Crawford have agreed to terms for a potential November 19th mega fight. This is the one we've all been wanting and waiting for. You know, here's the funny thing. Look no further than Anthony Joshua and Deontay Wilder and the mega fight that would have brought those oh. guys hundreds of millions of dollars in a fight and a rematch. These two dummies have been doing this idiotic dance for years now. Building the both... suspense. <laughs> You know, listen, not for nothing, but I mean, Errol Spence nearly died mm. without ever having the chance to prove he's the better fighter than Terrence Crawford. Like, that should have been, and given him every reason to be like, you know what, sign the goddamn papers. Let's make this fight happen. I do think he's a little bit scared. I do think that he is much more of a head case, Errol Spence. I think Terrence Crawford 
the more I the I, I love Terrence Crawford. He's my favorite boxer. I think he's the best human being in combat sports. He's better than Dustin Poirier. It's hard to be a better guy than Terrence Crawford is. He's a supportive and, and caring and loving guy. If Terrence Crawford were to lose to Errol Spence, he'll be fine. Errol Spence will will emotionally be destroyed okay. at, at, in this fight. And I firmly believe Terrence Crawford wins this. Mm. I've gone back and forth with this fight. I think Bud Crawford's the better guy, but when I watch the film, the better boxer, the straighter punches. Spence Jr., this goes to decision. Ah, oh, today. <laughs> We got a lot of time between now and November 19th. Today, oh, yeah. I'm taking Spence by decision. I like it. Okay. I've got Crawford by a 10th round stoppage. But we'll talk more about this between today and November the 19th. Arrow without a quiver. <laughs> All right. Uh, we will take a quick break. Uh, and we will do our tale of the tape. First, we'll focus in on UFC Fight Night, Sanhagen versus Yadong. That's next on the Throwing Jabs podcast. There's no bigger investment than home ownership. And to make sure the house is up to your standards, you need a professional to look it over. Brian Flanagan from Shamrock Home Inspections is a licensed home inspector and a member of the Connecticut Association of Home Inspectors. Brian was a contractor for over 15 years, so he knows how homes should be constructed and how mechanicals should work. What makes me a good home inspector was the 20 years that I was a home improvement person doing all the different repairs that I have done and what other people have done wrong that I had to go out and fix. So I have a pretty quick eye on seeing what's right and what's wrong. Before you move, call Shamrock Home Inspections. Before you make the biggest investment of your life, Call Brian Flanagan from Shamrock Home Inspections at 860-268-2566 or visit shamrockhomeinspectionct.com. Saturday Night Live from the Apex, it's UFC Vegas 60 Sanhagen versus Dong featuring a main event between Bantamweight contenders Corey Sanhagen and Song Yadong. Let's break it down. Corey Sanhagen is 30 years old. He's 5'11 with a 70-inch reach and a record of 14-4 with six knockouts and three submissions. From Aurora, Colorado, Sanhagen, a natural athlete, played basketball growing up, but at 17, switched his attention to kickboxing, a sport in which he won the Colorado State Championship, the WKA North American Championship, and the WKA World Title. After graduating from the University of Colorado Boulder, he made his MMA debut in May of 2015 with a first-round rear-naked choke. In February of 2017, he made his debut in the LFA promotion, dropping a unanimous decision to Jamal Emmers. He bounced back later that year, scoring two first-round knockouts before making his UFC debut on January 27, 2018 with a second-round knockout of Austin Arnett. After an Arbar submission to Mario Batista, he had his first serious test as a pro, winning a close split decision over crafty veteran John Lineker. Four months later, with a title shot in sight, he was quickly pounced on and submitted via rear-naked choke by future champion Aljamain Sterling. And five months later, he headlined his first UFC event, putting on a masterclass against Marlon Marias before stopping him in round two with a stylish spinning wheel kick followed by ground and pound. 
In February of 2021, he took on former lightweight champion Frankie Edgar, knocking the UFC legend out cold with a vicious flying knee 28 seconds into the first round. In his next fight, he headlined UFC Fight Night in July of 2021, taking on former two-time bantamweight champion TJ Dillashaw, who was making his long-awaited return following a suspension for PEDs, and despite landing some vicious strikes and opening a nasty cut over Dillashaw's right eye, he lost a close split decision with 17 out of 23 media outlets scoring it in favor of Sanhagen. On October 30th, 2021, he took on former champion Peter Yan for the interim bantamweight title, putting on a thrilling slugfest, which earned the fight of the night honors, though he ultimately fell short, dropping a second straight decision loss, which saw him suffer a spinning fist knockdown in the third round. A dynamic and rangy striker, Sanhagen is one of the most fluid strikers in the game, effortlessly flowing from orthodox to southpaw and using feints to set up his wide repertoire of strikes and averages 6.4 strikes per minute while boasting an impressive 67% takedown defense. Song Yadong is 24 years old. He's 5'8 with a 67-inch reach and a record of 19-6 with 8 knockouts and 3 submissions. From Heilongjiang, China, he was raised by a single mother who enrolled him in Santa classes at the age of 9, though he eventually transitioned over to MMA before making his professional debut at the age of 16 with a no contest due to an illegal groin strike. Over the next four years, he compiled a record of 11-5-1 with five knockouts before making his UFC debut in November of 2017 with a first-round guillotine choke of Barat Kandare, which also earned him his first performance of the night bonus. Seven months later, he dropped down to Bantamweight, scoring an impressive elbow knockout of Felipe Arantes, and followed that up with a dominant decision over Vince Morales before earning his third performance of the night with an explosive counter-right cross knockout of Aldejano Perez. In December of 2019, he fought Cody Stammen to a draw after being deducted a point for landing an illegal knee, but five months later moved back up to featherweight, earning his first fight of the night bonus with an exciting unanimous decision over Marlon Chito Vera. On March 6, 2021, he lost his first fight for the promotion when he dropped a close but highly entertaining decision to Kyler Phillips. He bounced back three months later with a very close split decision over Casey Kenneth and finished out the year with a knockout of Julio Arce, stunning him with a vicious head kick before finishing him with grounded pound. On March 12, 2022, he took on Marlon Marias, earning his fourth performance of the night bonus when he knocked out the Brazilian with a brutal three-punch combination two minutes into the first round. A dangerous pressure fighter, Song likes to walk his opponents down with leg and body kicks and is an excellent counter-striker who possesses explosive one-punch knockout power in both hands. With a Kung Fu monkey continue his rise into the top 10 with his constant pressure and explosive power? Or will the Sandman's fluid movement and dynamic striking prove too much as he tries to earn a title shot against old rival Aljamain Sterling? Tune in Saturday night to UFC Vegas 60, Sanhagen vs. Dong, and let's find out. All right, Jared. Corey Sanhagen, man, this guy uh, about a year ago was all the talk in the Bantamweight division. And all of a sudden, he's fighting Song Yadong, who's now looking to use this fight to propel himself uh, and, and make a possible title run. I like Sanhagen. Obviously, the guy's got the, the length uh, that most bantamweights don't have. Song Yadong doesn't have it. But I'll tell you what this guy has quietly done is really 
made a name for himself. He's looked absolutely fantastic. As the fights have gotten a little more impressive, he has absolutely held his own where Corey Sanhagen has start, started to find the elite competition really since the Frankie Edgar fight. Each of these fights has been a little... I mean, again, he's put on great performances. I thought he won the Dillashaw fight. I can't even believe that one. But a loss is a loss, Jared. I'm concerned about Corey Sanhagen. And I and I don't think he wins this fight either. Oh, I thought I'd be on my own. I totally agree with you. I'm taking oh. Dong. Oh, yeah. People should know that you and I talk a ton during the week, and we never prep about the show. <laughs> <laughs> no prep at all. We oh, just no. show up and go. No, well, and this was one of my picks uh, on uh, the last time. He went and knocked somebody out, Song Yudong, in his last fight. Um, killer knockout. Picked him. I think he was plus 225. He's uh, plus money again, 180, I think. Take him again. I think he beats Sanhagen. I think this is one on the way up and one on the way down. Boy, uh, t I'm telling you, this sport, speaking of Tony Ferguson, now Corey Sanhagen, uh, Jazzinho Rosenstreich, it's amazing how you're there and then all of a sudden you're like a secondary thought. Again, for Sanhagen to be fighting Song Yadong, I mean, he's almost kind of stepping into the, the role of the gatekeeper at yeah. this point. This is um, an unforgiving game, man. Corey Sanhagen is going to need to do one of those wheelhouse kicks or one of those flying knees to Yadong's dong. Or he he's going to need to do something spectacular if he wants to get back into the conversation at Bantamweight. I said that, yes. I've never <laughs> taken a flying kick to you, Dong. <laughs> but uh, I keep getting that old, hey, won't you play another somebody <laughs> with song you Dong somehow worked in there, but I can't, I can't get it. I'll work on it for, for next week's show. <laughs> All right. We've been talking about fights that were overdue. We've been talking about rematches and, 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 and trilogies, and we've seen some great ones. One that we've been waiting for for about five years is happening this weekend, and it's only happening because Canelo Alvarez decided to step up and wait, got humbled, and this fight makes the most sense saturday night live from the t-mobile arena in las vegas is the final trilogy between canelo alvarez and Gennady golovokin in a 12-round super middleweight bout for canelo's undisputed super middleweight championship let's break it down Gennady golovokin is 40 years old he's 5 foot 10 with a 70 inch reach and a record of 42 1 and 1 with 37 knockouts from karaganda kazakhstan he was encouraged by his older brother to take up boxing at the age of eight and began his amateur career at 11, winning gold medals in the junior and world championships, as well as a silver medal in the 2004 Athens Olympics, and compiling a record of 345-5 and five before turning pro in May of 2006 with a first-round knockout. Over the next three years, he went 18-0 with 15 knockouts before blowing out Milton Nunes in 58 seconds to win the WBA regular middleweight title. In hopes of becoming a household name, 
He signed with the Klitschko Brothers promotional company K2 and moved to Big Bear, California to train under Abel Sanchez. He then made 11 successful title defenses all by stoppage, including knockouts of top contenders Kasim Ouma, Gabe Rosado, Matthew Macklin, and Curtis Stevens before taking on Mexico's Marco Antonio Rubio, breaking him down and working him before knocking him out in the second round with a devastating left hook to the forehead to claim the interim WBC middleweight title. He defended the belt twice with stoppages of Martin Murray and Willie Monroe before picking up the IBF title with an eight-round bludgeoning of hard-hitting David Lemieux in October of 2015. He defended those titles three times with a second-round knockout of Dominic Wade, an impressive fifth-round stoppage of welterweight champion Kel Brook, and after a wide unanimous decision over Danny Jacobs, he took on boxing superstar Canelo Alvarez engaging in a highly tactical and hotly contested bout which resulted in a highly controversial split draw despite virtually all media outlets scoring it in favor of Golovokin. Due to the controversy and highly competitive nature of the fight, a rematch was immediately scheduled, though ultimately postponed as a result of Alvarez receiving a six-month suspension after twice testing positive for PEDs. After a quick two-round demolition of Vanes Martiniosin, the pair met again in another tactical, closely contested, and ultimately controversial fight, as once again, most of the media outlets scored it for Golovokin, but the judges ruled it a majority decision for Alvarez. In May of 2019, he signed a six-fight, $100 million deal with zone in hopes of securing a trilogy fight with Alvarez, and after knocking out Steven Rolls with a thunderous left hook, he defeated Sergei Derevyachenko via close unanimous decision to reclaim the newly vacated IBF title. He returned a year later demolishing Poland's Camille Zermeta, scoring multiple knockdowns en route to a seventh-round stoppage, and in April of 2022 took on Japan's Ryoto Morata, breaking down the champion gradually before stopping it with a vicious right cross to pick up the WBA title just one day after his 40th birthday. A calculating and highly tactical boxer-puncher, Kolovokin is known for his exceptional balance and footwork as well as possessing devastating one-punch knockout power in both hands and holds the middleweight record for title defenses at 22 and knockout ratio at 89%. Canelo Alvarez is 32 years old. He's 5'9 with a 70.5-inch reach and a record of 57-2-2 with 39 knockouts. Growing up in Guadalajara, Mexico, he followed his three older brothers into boxing at the age of 13, going on the medal in several Mexican Junior National Championships and finishing his amateur career with a record of 44-2. He turned pro at the age of 15 when trainer Eddie Reynoso became unable to find any more opponents to fight him. He went 32-0-1 before getting his first major exposure, knocking out Jose Cato on the Mayweather-Mosley undercard. In his next fight, he won the WBC Silver Junior middleweight belt with a sixth-round knockout of Luciano Cuelo and followed that up with a brutal left-hook knockout of former welterweight champion Carlos Baldemir. He won the vacant regular WBC belt from Matthew Hatton and defended it five times before adding the WBA belt with a unanimous decision over Austin Trout in 2013. In his next fight, he lost his belts via majority decision of Floyd Mayweather, but quickly bounced back, tearing through the junior middleweight division with knockouts over Alfredo Angualo and James Kirkland, before defeating Miguel Cotto by decision to claim the WBC middleweight title. After knocking out Amir Khan with a thunderous right cross and following that up with one-sided beatdowns of Liam Smith and Julio Cesar Chavez Jr., 
He took on Gennady Golovolkin in an attempt to unify the middleweight division. After 12 intense but evenly matched rounds, the fight was ruled a draw, and when the pair rematched the following year was much of the same with Alvarez pulling out a majority decision after another 12-round slugfest. Unable to unify the division, he set his sights on the weak super middleweight division, knocking out Rocky Fielding with a body shot, and after a brief foray into light heavyweight to knock out Sergei Kovalev for the WBO belt, he returned to super middleweight, winning the WBA and WBC titles with a unanimous decision over Callum Smith. He followed that up with a one-sided blowout of the hapless Avni Yildirim, and in May of 2021 added the WBO belt with an eighth-round stoppage of Billy Joe Saunders, putting on a masterful performance and fracturing his orbital bone before Saunders' team threw in the towel. Six months later, he became the unified champion when he picked up the IBF title with a thorough and comprehensive beating of Caleb Plant, scoring an impressive 11th-round TKO. On May 7, 2022, he moved up to light heavyweight a second time to challenge WBA champion Dmitry Bibble. However, despite being a heavy favorite, he found himself thoroughly outboxed by the Russian, who used double and triple jabs to keep the smaller Alvarez at distance or out to his first loss in nine years. A defensive specialist with exceptional footwork and head movement, Alvarez also possesses phenomenal power and is perhaps the finest counterpuncher in the sport today. Can Alvarez utilize his dazzling hand speed and head movement to put a definitive end to this thrilling trilogy and reestablish himself as one of the best pound for pound of the sport? Or will the thunderous power and immense pressure of Triple G prove to be too much as he seeks revenge and tries to stake his claim as the most dominant middleweight of his era? Tune in Saturday night to Canelo Alvarez versus Gennady Golovolkin 3. And let's find out. All right, Jared, Canelo, Triple G, the trilogy. I think Golovulkin, to be honest, won both fights. I also thought Bibble beat Canelo like 9-3. to three. Uh, This guy gets decisions like nobody else does. Maybe the only guy who gets more decisions and got one against him even is Floyd Mayweather. Doesn't matter Courtney what Burke. he does just has to show up and he gets a decision this is going to be a great fight listen Golovulkin is 40 years old now this fight unfortunately you know five years in the making he he's an older guy now Canelo's still kind of in his prime here it's a little unfortunate for Triple G but something tells me Jared deep down this guy is a million percent due. And I think Golovulkin pulls it out. He is a plus 400 underdog, a four to one dog. This is the puncher's chance. <laughs> you heard it here first. Triple G. Hands Canelo back-to-back -back losses. Listen, I'm with you in him winning the other fights. I'm with you with Canelo losing nine to three. Um, and and four to one to a guy that came away with draws and gave him the type of fights. And listen, we we talk about <clears throat> my polar opposites are uh Bernard Hopkins and Chad Dawson. Because they both had a lot of athletic ability as younger guys coming up. 
And the difference is one of them just adapted and ju adjusted. So I get that Triple G is a little older, but what has the fall off really been like for this guy as he's aged? Not much. And we're, we're watching Canelo come off a loss. You can't have four to one odds. I bet the draw, too. It's probably probably plus one thousand. Just in case, <laughs> put ten bucks on be, the draw. Wouldn't that case. be something? <laughs> I love it's it. It's going to be a close fight. It's not a plus four hundred type fight. Take this Triple is, G here. This is definitely a weekend where um, I'm definitely more excited for this fight than I am for the UFC. And oh, yeah. and. That that hasn't happened a whole lot this year. Not, no, not regularly. No, right? no. I mean, usually the UFC has the exciting fights. There's, there's a couple bangers coming up. These guys are starting to get in there. Oh, speaking of which, twenty uh, fourth. Hey, here's a little pop quiz. What's Loma's amateur record? Oh God, isn't it like? 303 or some nonsense 396 and one okay yeah i think it was something ridiculously absurd uh avenge that one loss three times um, that sounds right 96 and one uh one of his closest fights came in 2011 the aiba world championship prelims um, and he lost or he, he beat 19 to 18, a guy named Robson can Wow. Who won a gold medal in 2016. Get there before the wise guys. Okay. This is a 10 to one dog with a gold medal. Now that same year, uh, Shakur Stevenson won a bronze, a weight class under Kinsesa. So 10 to 1, this is another one where the odds are just way off. Stevenson could win. Let's, I mean, let's be honest, he's a 10 to 1 favorite, but at, or 20 to 1 favorite, but at plus 10 for a gold medalist, that's naturally bigger than Shakur Stevenson with all the holes we've seen in his game. You pin that to Triple G for a dollar, and you win 40. <sighs> 10 wins 400. I like that. So just a couple of upsets to look at in the uh, in the near future. I like Triple G, and watch this Kinsesau kid. If, if Shakur ends up taking this fight, uh, there's holes in his game that this guy will exploit. It's an older guy, but... Uh, Looking forward to that one, too. Oh, heck yeah. All right. Well, that is going to do it for us for this week. I think we might see the return of Jace Garcia soon. I can't I can't make any promises. I'm not making any threats here, but there is a possibility. That well, said, we hope we Garcia then. <laughs> hey. Make sure you follow us on social media at Throwing Jabs. You can also visit CloverCrestMedia.com backslash throwing jabs for Jared Jones. I'm Joe McGuire. We'll catch you next week on throwing jabs. Enjoy the fights.
throwing jabs, always full send. Here we go again. Jared Joe and Jay's Clover Crest, top three corner men, punching in with a puncher's chance. We find a way to win. The main event, lock it in. Every Saturday at 10, the overhand is out of hand when it comes to fist of cuffs. Slide a hand on the undercard, you'll never see the punch. Uppercut, got you missing weight, feet are stepping late. Keep your guard up, feeling faint from a faint. Take a stand and aid, then retaliate. Put up your duke, stick and move, bob and wave. Don't lose hope against the ropes, there's always an escape. Never stay down. One more round, bells ringing, counter punch with your chin tucked and go down swinging. We bringing crosses with no worship, hooks with no verses, combinations with no locks. When you feel the flurry, it's curtains from scrub scraps to fight stats. Relax if you want the facts, cause the best combat podcast is throwing jabs. 